0: And welcome to another episode of Kettering Connect. We are so
1: dorky. We are. I'm, a I'm kind dorky. of realizing that.
0: You know, I, I I was watching. I saw on social media this week several profile pictures where people are doing this, like guys and girls, and they're just doing this. Okay, so I
1: that I uh, we're not there yet. No, yeah, no, we're not so, there yet. We're okay. just saying.
0: We're excited to be here for another edition right. of Kettering Connect. This is Pastor Jason Calvert, youth pastor for the Kettering Adventist Church.
1: And as always, Patty McCoy, the young adult pastor. I almost said youth. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. No, the young a, adult pastor there's always at a stumbling. the Kettering Adventist Church.
0: Yeah, there's always a stumbling. Like, you're the, you are the. you a pastor? Yeah. yeah. It's true. Um, But we Have are, you ever
1: been? Has anyone ever said like, oh, well, you're just the young adult pastor or oh, you're absolutely. just the youth pastor? Or I'd like to talk to the real pastor. Yeah, right. right. That's kind of a... Yeah, that's a fan And, I, and favorite. I, my,
0: my response to that is usually, so would I. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> right. Anyway. Anyway, we digress. So
0: here uh, on this weekly podcast, videocast, we like to spend a little time talking about our sermon series that we're going through each week, the teaching that will be taking place. And we are currently in a sermon series that is looking at finding Jesus in the Old Testament. We call it Look Again, uh, because we know that at first you read, sometimes you think, well, there's must be a different God in the Old Testament than there is in the New Testament. If the New Testament God is represented by Jesus, the Old Testament God seems a little scary. Um, and we actually believe that you can find Jesus throughout scripture, not just in the New Testament. So that's what this series, uh, really focuses on, talks about. Um, so Jason, in thinking about that, I know that I talked to a couple church members over the weekend, mm-hmm. um, who were saying, you know, like, how do they do this? You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about what Pastor Paul Hoover is going to speak about this weekend. But before we get there, like, mm-hmm. how do you go through, uh, the Old Testament or the First Testament and see Jesus when his name isn't mentioned anywhere?
1: Right, right. So I think sometimes when you're looking at it, you just have to look at it with fresh eyes, with this understanding like, well, there must be something else going on in this situation, right? There's something else happening here. So, for a quick example, um, and this is probably something that you're familiar with or you've read before. But in Genesis, when it's talking about Jacob, right? So here's Jacob. Remember Jacob and Esau, they're uh, they're twins, and but then all of a sudden they have this you know falling out, this whole birthright theft thing, and then basically uh, the last thing Jacob knows is that Esau wants to kill him. So mom says you got to leave, and blah blah blah. So that happens. Then. Uh, years later, they both have all these wives and children and stuff. And it's the night before Jacob meets Esau again. And so like the last time Jacob and Esau were together, he, Jacob realizes Esau wants to kill him. He has some servants go out and the servants come back and say, listen, Your brother's out there and he has a whole, like his own personal army. So clearly he's stressed out, right? He's worried about this. It's almost like he feels like there's something he's lacking, right? There's something missing. And then we see this. It's the night before Jacob and Esau are to meet. And in Genesis 32, uh, it says, uh, starting in verse 24, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. A man right? So we see a man, a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Verse 25, when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Okay, that's crazy. Well, what is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Then the man replied, Yeah, then the man replied, your name will no longer be Jacob. Uh, From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Uh, Verse 29, please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named that place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. And so at first glance, it's like, okay, so is this a man that Jacob is fighting with? Or is he something else? And according to the text, no, this is God. So is it God? Is it man? Or is it both? And I would argue, no. Here, Jacob is wrestling with Jesus. He has an experience with Jesus, um, and what's interesting is it's right before he feels like he lacks something. Right? He's he's afraid. Right? He's he's stressed out. He feels you know meeting Esau, but then Jesus shows up, and and, and gives him that thing that he was lacking, mm-hmm. and so he can move forward in confidence meeting Esau.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that that's a place where um, I think certainly I, almost even like Daniel, um, right. you know, with his friends in the mm-hmm. in the fiery furnace, and yeah, there's a man one. that's there, uh, and that, and, and you can kind of uh, maybe see that. Uh, what about in those places where um, you know the, it, it's really hard to say? Well, how is the god that did this the same as the god that did that in the new testament and the cross and and that kind of thing like i i often think
1: about the the plagues right uh, yeah tell egyptians, us about that right? cuz so, we were talking a little bit earlier and it's it is interesting so yeah yeah it's i
0: i mean what's interesting about the plagues uh, right is that the egyptians had lived for or the israelites had lived for 400 years amongst the egyptians so their gods their practices their rituals they they had adopted all of these kinds of things mm-hmm. so when yahweh shows up You know, it's kind of this battle between the gods, Mm -hmm. you know, it's every one of the plagues was God saying, well, you believe in a God of water, I'll turn the water into blood, you believe Mm -hmm. in a God um, of the sun, well, I'm gonna make it black, Uh, you know, to, to kind of show that he was the one and only true God.
1: Right. Because every single one of those plagues was an Egyptian God.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So he, he's trying to show the Israelites this is who he really is. But then you get to this place like, again, when you just read the whole uh, death of the firstborn, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a painful story. And, and it gives the illusion, mm-hmm. uh, this idea that God sent this demon or the, this angel of death to kill um, the, these, the firstborn. What had they done? I mean, they were innocents as far as we knew in, in this conversation. Now, yes. We can see a clear connection when we think about the Passover lamb, um, you know, the blood on the, on the uh, doorposts, doorposts yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff to Jesus. But when I don't understand something in the Old Testament, something about a picture of God, like with this one, then I come back to, you said it earlier, that there must be something else going on. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it's a way in which the author interpreted what happened. You know, I mean, when you think about the Old Testament, you don't have a lot of mentions of the devil. Right. Right. Very few mentions of the devil because, in their mind, if um, God allowed the devil to do it, then it was ultimately God's responsibility. Sure. So God sent this, God did this, God, when it it could have been driven by the devil. Sure. And there's
1: also, you know, it's not that truth ever changes, right? Truth does not change, but our perception and understanding of truth changes and grows. And so even, you know, it's called the God of the gaps. Yeah. So at that time, they didn't understand earthquakes and plate tectonics and all of those things. Um, so they, because there's a gap in their knowledge, they just chalk it up to, oh, well, that must be the gods. Um, so, yeah. Right.
0: So, so, but it, but it's just, you know, it, it's, it's taking a big step back and saying, okay, this story, this narrative, if it is consistent, if it is the same God... In the Old Testament as the New Testament, if God really is loving so much so that he would pour himself out, become one of us, live among us, die for us, suffer um, a a disconnect, being ripped apart from the Trinity, all to save us, Mm -hmm. then somehow looking through the Old Testament, I have to be able to to see that Mm -hmm. somewhere you peel the layers back. And you find that same God, mm-hmm. um, and so that's really kind of one of the things we're trying to get at with the, yeah. With no, the series. And,
1: and even another quick example I would think of to that point would be Joshua. Um, right before you know, so Joshua, he's leading the Israelites. He's the new leader after Moses dies. They they've crossed over the river Jordan River. Now they're about to face their first battle with Jericho. Um, he's stressing this whole situation. Uh, the, the the chapter just before says that he circumcises. All of the men, so clearly he's a little worried about their abilities to take on this fortress. Yeah. Uh, uh, things right- were a lot different back in those days. Right. <laughs> And then it says he meets a man with his sword drawn. And you go through the story. And again, it's no, I would argue this is clearly Jesus who shows up because he talks about, no, this is God. I have um I'm he says he actually says, take your sandals off for you're standing on holy ground. So some of that familiar language. Um and so going back to the need, um, you know, from Joshua's head, I I there's something I still need. There's something that we're lacking. And Jesus shows up. With his sword drawn, like, listen, no, I'm here for you. And this whole thing is going to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: Jesus all throughout, all throughout the old Testament from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. um, the the word was the one that created and and made this world as we're told in John. So, um, you know, and you're talking about lack and and that that transitions well into the teaching for this week. Last week, pastor Paul Hoover talked about Psalm 23, but he really focused on the Lord is my shepherd, Yahweh, that Yahweh is present with us and Yahweh shows up all throughout scripture and all throughout our lives. This week, we're just looking at the very next piece of that. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Um, And and what does that mean? Well, first of all, if you're going to lack something, it says, I lack nothing. Uh, It kind of presumes that, uh, you know, without Jesus as our shepherd, that we are in need of something. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that. But specifically from the, the sheep perspective, we talked about this some last week. Yeah, yeah, a right? bit. but it leads well into this idea. So uh, the next verses in that, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Last week, you shared a little bit about um, what a sheep has to experience to be able to do this.
1: Right, and so because of course in Chicago we have sheep everywhere, and so I know yeah. lots about this. But right, according to the the research I looked at, sheep really need to have four um, four four main. Uh, Areas of need taken care of before they will let themselves lay down and rest. Um, okay, so like last week, uh, so what the what, what the people I was researching, what these the experts were telling me is that sheep really need to have four conditions or four main areas of their needs met in order for them to allow themselves to lay down. Um, one is they can't feel like they uh, they can't feel afraid, right? Because they're very timid creatures, so they have to feel very secure. Um, they're have to they social creatures, so they have to feel like everything amongst the other sheep, everything is okay, right? There's social needs. Uh, there's no friction among all the sheep. Um, the third one is they're very sensitive to comfort, so they can't have any flies or parasites or anything like that. All of those physical needs need to be taken care of. Um, but also, they're always worried about food. As am I, and right. That's why a lot of times in videos or YouTube clips or whatever, whenever you see sheep, even like you know at the, um, you know when you go to like a petting zoo and you, there are sheep, you you feed them, right? Because they're always thinking about food. Um, and basically, what this commentator was saying is, no, if, as long as they know that all of their food will be taken care of, they don't have to worry about it. Then they will stop searching for food and they'll actually lay down and and rest. So basically, the idea is in order for for this to happen, they clearly have to know that their needs are taken care of and they can trust the shepherd.
0: Right. Right. A big thing about trust, right? We have to be able to trust the shepherd in order to to rest. But I, I got to thinking about what are the things that we often think we lack, right? I mean, especially in in a COVID world, right? right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're lacking interaction with others. Some of us are, are lacking work. Um, money to pay the bills. Uh, maybe some of us, it's it's our health. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, on a normal day in and day out basis, there's all sorts of things. Like we're always chasing after the next thing, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a career step or uh, it's the next Apple device, which, which mind you, is fantastic. Totally valid. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we should always. <laughs> right. Uh, no, but I mean, we're always chasing after and we tell ourselves, man, if we could just get this next thing, then, then. we can, you know, relax right. and, and rest right. and, and whatever. And what this is saying is no. Right if jesus is your lead right if he's the one you're putting your trust in if he's your motivation right then you can rest in what you have then you have what you need you may not have what you want right but i think he
1: knows what we need more right. than we even need. more than we do yeah. sure and a lot of the, honestly i think that's that's the temptation right i really think that all temptation really kind of boils down to this one single thought and that is do i trust myself to have that need, I'll have my needs met, or do I trust God, right? And then this idea of. You know, I think of life as a circle. And so if the circle, the circle of life, the circle of life, ah, I yes. see we could feel free to break in the song yeah. anytime, but right. If you were to draw a circle and it's like, no, it's not quite complete. So we were always like you were saying, we always chased after the things that, well, what's going to complete the circle? The next apple, the, the next car, this degree, nothing against those things. But I really think at the end of the day, all temptation is no, we need, we can trust God. God is the one that is going to complete. Yeah. Um and, and have all of our needs met. Well, right.
0: And and it's interesting too because there's several places throughout the New Testament mm-hmm. where we're we're taught how to pray, right? Yeah. We're taught how to pray by Jesus, by Paul, and other things. What's interesting to me, and in none of those places do they pray to remove someone from their circumstances. I, I pray that all the time. Right. You know, like God, please help me from this circumstance. Please save me from this. Please guide me through that. And and so often the prayer is just focusing up to Jesus. In, in praise and adoration and who he is and asking for like core things like love and generosity and right. fruit of the spirit, not, not to be rescued.
1: Right. Taken out of a situation. Right. Well, and that's what's actually cool. So I did a little Hebrew work um in the Psalm 23 passage. And basically, like literally he's saying, because it's only two words, right? right. That whole little I lack side, nothing. I lack nothing. It's two Hebrew words. And it just literally means I lack nothing. I need nothing. I am not deprived. I am not empty. And so it's like this idea that, you no, know, David is making a conscious choice, right? I'm just, I'm Making this decision, I am declaring that all my needs will be met. And I think sometimes, yeah, it makes that choice. Regardless of the situation, yeah. no, God will take care of everything.
0: Yeah, and I I think about how God led the children of Israel actually out of Egypt, right, and and through the wilderness. Right. And he gave them what they needed. Right. It wasn't always what, <laughs> what they, they wanted, wanted, right? Right. But he gave them a, a pillar of a cloud to shade them during the day, and then the light at night and the pillar of fire, right. the manna, the quail, um, you know, and, and these things that met their needs mm-hmm. while he taught them to trust in him, mm-hmm. right? Each mm-hmm. and every day, just trust in me. I mean, I think it's cool that the manna came every day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't collected for the next
1: six months. It was like, right. no, I'll
0: give you what you need. Which is
1: what we want. Right. We want the big vision, okay, God, show me everything that I need for the next, my year plan or my five yeah. year plan or whatever. And he's like, no, no. Just worry about today and I'll hook you up for today.
0: Which, which is so where we're at right now in our world, right? Right. With COVID. It's like, we cannot plan.
1: I'm I'm trying to figure out, is my
0: son going to have a graduation? I've got family that wants to travel in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. we want to make plans so they know, but we can't know. It is a day in and day out way of living life.
1: Which I think speaks to when Jesus says, you know, come follow me. Literally, he's saying, le ha come walk right next to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's a walk, right? Pastors, right? This is language that we normally talk about. It's the daily walk. Yours is different. Than mine, than, than whoever's watching, but it still it's the moment by moment, step by step, um, and yeah, this was beautiful.
0: Well, and, and this this particular, just the the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I also am drawn to Paul, um, and we'll we'll kind of close on reflecting a little bit about yeah. Paul and and his life here. Paul, writing from prison in Philippians, um, says this. This is a, another famous passage. But he says, not that I am speaking of being in need. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And then down in verse 19, it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And Paul, of course, is writing this from prison. He's right. writing this after he has been shipwrecked, after he has been beat beaten with, with an inch of his life multiple right. times. Right. Um, and so he knows what this is like. And he's saying, you know what? All I need is Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like where, where he also says, like, his previous life, it was all about the checklist, right? It was about the career advancement. It was about growing as a leader in, in Ju- Judaism. And he had done all the right things.
1: But, but there's still something. Right. There, he yeah, was lacking. He was
0: always looking for something else. Right. But then he comes after meeting Jesus, he comes to write right. in his life. Like, I consider everything else rubbish. Right. In fact, a better way to translate that word is dog dung. Yes. Right. Uh, it's ev- in the Bible, people. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Yeah. But everything else compared to knowing Jesus, nothing. Yeah. And so he learns. And, and what's interesting is when it says, I have learned to right. be content. Well, it wasn't overnight. Sure. It didn't say like it's he woke up one day and he was like, oh, I'm good now. It's a process of learning to surrender, learning to
1: trust in Jesus. Right. And I think, you know, we talked about this earlier. Trust, if you think about it, the people you tend to trust the most are the people you have spent the most amount of time with, right? I mean, even last week, I trusted you last week, but I know you more this week than I did last week, which means I trust you more generally, right, this week than I did last week, <laughs> right. right? And so, um, yeah, just this experience of the relationship. I think the more we experience relationships, the more time we spend talking and then listening even more importantly, um, yeah, then our trust will begin to grow. And what I really love from the uh, Philippians 4 passage is this whole idea of supply all your needs, but in the Greek, it literally, it has to do with like supply liberally. So it's not just, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, beans and rice, nothing against beans and rice. I like beans and rice, but it's like, no, I'm really going to hook you up even more than you are expecting. And
0: I think that, that's that, that the more you trust, the more you realize your blessing right? The right. more you yeah, see, yeah. you kind of have kingdom eyes yeah. to see. I mean, I always think back uh, about the wedding in Cana and, yeah. uh, you know, here it is at the end of the ceremony, they've run out of wine and they, you know, Mary goes to Jesus and says, you know, help them and all this stuff happens. But the the, the short end of the story is that Jesus blesses them by turning water into wine, but not just enough to get through the end of the, right. the reception. For the week. for For well, I mean, technically <laughs> speaking, he gave them enough to have 900 bottles of wine.
1: That's a part of it. that's a lot. That'll
0: run, render any camel, right, you know. But <laughs> right. but it's it's a lot. It's abundance, and right. I think he is a God of abundance. As we trust in him, he'll give us what he, we need. Mm-hmm. And that as we're ready to receive, he continues to pour out uh, onto us as as we know him. Yeah. And no, so whatever good. you're facing, wherever you're, you're you're at in life right now, especially in COVID, we just want to have you encourage you to say, let the Lord be your shepherd. Let Jesus be your guide. As you trust in him, he will continue, he'll fulfill your needs, the things you need, not necessarily the things you want, Right. right. uh, but then he'll pour those things out in abundance to give you peace and contentment so you can stop chasing after other things Mm -hmm. and you can just rest. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So with that, Jason,
1: would you have a a closing prayer for us? Uh, Father, thank you so much for life, for the scriptures that have been preserved for thousands of years in a totally different culture. but now we read them and unpack them. And I just pray that the same spirit who inspired these biblical authors to write this stuff down inspires us as we read them and process them and apply them to our lives. So uh, thank you for the time that we just kind of have to hang out a little bit read the scriptures, unpack it. I just pray that as we all move forward with our own personal walks with you, that it becomes more intimate. Um, and we ultimately, all of us, learn to trust you more every moment of every day. And we thank you in advance for how you do supply our needs, how we do lack nothing because all we need is you. You are the answer. And uh, we thank you for that. Uh, be with everyone watching, and may we all experience more of you. as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Jason. Always yes. Thanks, uh, a ben. fun time super to have fun. a good conversation. And then next week, Join us next we're going to be looking into uh, Jochebed, who is yeah. Moses' mom, Exodus 2, if you want to prepare in advance. I feel but feel like that's, that's a we'll good like about. pet name. Jochebed? Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Is that, is that yeah. weird? We'll see. Anyway, thank you again for listening to Kettering Connect. We'll see you next week. <laughs>